I have the spookiest ship in the whole wide world. Oh, that's cool. I've got really weird stuff that seems very bogus. Welcome to Date Fight. It's the fourth of December. Have you opened your advent calendar? What did you get? Was it sweeties or was it gin? Uh, welcome along. It's Date Fight. Mm. It's the show where we pit um, historical moments that happened on this day in history against each other. Yes, he's Jake Yap. I'm Nat Tapley, and we have literally looked at everything that's ever happened in order to find the best for you. Isn't that nice? Let's have round one. Round one. Okay. Yes. Do you want to go first? Because yeah, I feel right. like you're going to be a lot surer of yours than I am of mine. <laughs> Only one of them. I'm going to go to the 4th of December, 1872, oh. when drifting around in the Atlantic Ocean, someone discovered the Marie Celeste. No! Yes, the Marie Celeste, which had been abandoned at that point. Automatic when, point. I mean, that's automatic It had been point. abandoned for nine days. The last entry in the logbook was nine days earlier. One of the lifeboats was missing, and all of the people were gone. The provisions were left, everything was left, apart from some of the captain's instruments and the lifeboat. That's all that was missing. What's that all about? Nobody knows. What is that all about? How weirded out would you be if you were like, oh, look, there's a boat, look. We should go and check it out. Yeah. Well, Hello? The boat knew that there was a boat on the same route. So they were going from New York, I think, to Gibraltar. And it was the people who were following them a week later. They said, oh, yeah, you go on, we'll see you in a week. We'll see you in Gibraltar. But who's that over there? Oh, it's the Marie Celeste and everyone's disappeared. Oh, that's There have been many um, uh, explanations offered, including the alcohol. They were, tra- they were transporting um, denatured alcohol. So someone oh. suggested they might have dropped some of it. Everyone got really drunk on the fumes and right. just held themselves overboard in some sort of alcoholic frenzy. <laughs> um, sea quakes, which I've never heard of. Sea quakes. It's like an earthquake, but at sea. But I also don't see how that would leave the boat intact. Yeah. Shake the I people think off. It's not lifting evidence. up the boat and turning yeah. it upside down and giving it a good... So far, I'm with option one. We've all been yeah. on that holiday. Water spouts. And that one. <laughs> <laughs> a giant squid. Oh, come on. <laughs> that only ate the people and left everything else. Yours is as nutty as my one. And aliens. Okay. There is another theory. There's a theory that um, they thought the, thought the boat was sinking, although it wasn't. So got off and got on the lifeboat, tied themselves to the boat, and then got separated somehow, and drifted. they drifted around the Atlantic Ocean and died, and the boat went off on its own. The but alcohol why would you... thing seems plausible, because it would just evaporate. There'd be no trace of it. Yep. And oh, it's presumably like, it's like enough the, how alcohol. How did the hanged man hang himself in with just the puddle of water underneath him? Mystery. Well, I mean, you know we one? know why there's a puddle of water on there. <laughs> I don't know that one. Uh, there's a guy um, who found in a room, hanged um, from a noose in the ceiling, um, with nothing else in the room apart from a puddle of water. Ice. Yeah, how does he... Yeah, block uh, of ice, a block of ice. That's not the way to do it, though. That'd be no, horrible. That'd be really that'd slow. That'd be so horrible. Well, it's an automatic point to you, I think. My one is just so nutty and bogus, and I, I found this on one website and had to try and corroborate it on another website. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what any of this is, but I'm still going to go this for it. This is Jake and Nat falsifying history for you every morning. <laughs> so it's about the catastrophes of the Earth. Okay. And an egg. So on... This very day, the, the 4th, 4th of, of December. December. Yeah, yeah. An egg was laid in Rome. Yes. In... 
<laughs> I love looking at your face as you grow ever less convinced by this fact. And I don't even know what it is. In 1680. Yes, the most truthful of all years. Why is that? I don't know, because I'm just trying to add credibility <laughs> to your story, which at this point is... <laughs> no, I know this sounds mad. I mean, it is mad. Well, no an question. egg was laid in Rome. What I'm saying is, that's fine. It, yeah, in Rome, yeah. a remarkable egg was laid in Rome <laughs> by a hen, let okay. me clarify, right. okay, and it presaged mm. a comet. It looked exactly like a comet... Not exactly, at all. And then a few days later, the comet um, appeared. So a hen laid an egg... That looked like a comet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you this was a thing. I don't understand what an egg that looks like a comet means. Some, a it's hen... covered in fire. I don't know what it means. I don't know, presumably it Just had a like a mark egg. on it. It had a mark on it that looked like a comet or something. Right. And I was like, ooh, that egg looks like a comet. <laughs> few days later, a comet appears, and everyone's right. like, whoa, whoa, this is an oracular hen. Was so, someone who'd been waiting 76 years and goes, <laughs> any that, minute, minute now. now? That hen had been holding for yeah. some time, right? Anyway, it gave birth to two theories of Earth written within the next 20 years, mm. both by two Englishmen, uh, William Whiston and Thomas Burnett. Mm. Uh, they... they D- developed this whole theory of the Earth as being comet-riven and this whole thing about the third and fourth catastrophes of the Earth, uh, the deluge and the sinking of Atlantis. And right. It's all... Basically, everyone hated comets, you know, because it was like <laughs> bad luck. Comets were bad luck. Just, they were I suspect, shaking their fists at yeah, the sky. That chicken was nuggets within the hour, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? But anyway, it was a freak of nature. Okay. A long egg. <sighs> Okay, it says, on the 4th of December in 1680, in mm. the Palace of the Maximi... Yes. That's, that's a really big thing. people. Yeah, yeah. A hen laid an egg on which could be discerned the figure of the comet, accompanied by other markings such as are here represented. Well, They're not represented. All the most skilled naturalists of Rome saw and examined it and found it to be a freak of nature, unique and unparalleled. What was a hen doing in the Palace of the Maximi? strutting about. I mean, it seems a bit of a coincidence that the one chicken they've got wandering around is the miraculous You don't know it was one chicken. chicken? You don't know it was one chicken? I'm doubting it's a palace full of chickens. Look, the whole thing's bogus. You won the point anyway, because you had the Mario Celeste. It was really cool. Let's do the birthdays. Birthdays. Happy birthday to Sister Virginia Maria of Monza. She was a nun. What's really? interesting about that, you say, well, <laughs> she was a nun who fancied the person who worked in the building next door, um, oh. started an affair with him, oh. uh, had two children. Oh. Um, then when someone threatened to tell on them, conspired to murder the other nun who threatened to tell on them. Ooh. So she was having an affair with Count Osio. Oh, yeah. And eventually uh, the person, uh, the, I think it's the doorman of the building they kept sneaking off to, <laughs> told Morning. them... Morning! <laughs> you lost a few pounds. Wait a minute. Uh, they got him to confess by showing him the instruments of torture they were going to use to uh, extract a confession from him. So he said, oh, it was um, Virginia and Osio. They've been sneaking off and having their way upstairs. Oh. At which point... Uh, Osio was condemned to death. He ran away and was, late, shortly after, murdered by a friend. Oh, uh, right. 
She was tried and claimed the devil made me do it. Oh. She was by the devil. And so she didn't get such a... Uh, she didn't get condemned to death. She got condemned to be walled in for 13 years. What does that, with, does that mean you stay inside the... Yeah, it means you get bricked in and someone hands you your food for every meal. Literally bricked Literally in. bricked up. And that was her for 13 years. After that, she had a perfectly nice life, apparently. Oh, man. But as we've said before in this podcast, <laughs> those 13 years flew by in those days. <laughs> yeah. But I saw, I saw that it was a really depressing documentary mm. about uh, Russian prisoners mm. who are in this prison and it's like a thousand miles from anywhere or yeah. anything uh, out in like Siberia. Siberia. And they aren't, I mean, it's horrific. They're not allowed to sit down during the day. Right. Uh, so they can't lie on their bunks. Mm. They're in these tiny cells. They're something like four foot by six foot or yeah. something. And... Uh, so they pace up and down in the cell all day because they have to. They're not allowed to sit to down. Not. And you think that's just horror. That's mm. you know one of the worst things I could possibly imagine. Um, you must go crazy. I mean, yeah. they probably are all crazy. But the prisoner said, "You don't understand. Like a month can go by in the blink of an eye for me. I, I mean, my mind is in a zone where a day is like a breath. It's right. nothing anymore." So those 13 years flew by me. <laughs> That's a, a positive gloss to put on it. How lovely. Happy birthday to her, anyway. Happy... <laughs> <laughs> also, happy birthday to Alfred Hershey. Ah. Who got the Nobel Prize for um, the DNA. Highway. Oh. And, <laughs> and was not the chocolate manufacturer. Oh, was the I was so there. Sorry. Uh, that's all right. Um, DNA? Also, ha- uh, yes, he um, was one of the people who connected DNA rather than other proteins to being significant in the transmission of genetic material. Okay. Um, Gary Gilmore, happy birthday to you. Well, not very happy birthday, Gary Gilmore, you double murderer, because you were the first person to be put to death in the United States after the 10-year amnesty on the death penalty. When was that? That was during the 70s. So in the 70s, um, the death penalty was found to be cruel and unusual punishment because it was applied so... Uh, Liberally? In, so, so ver- in such varying ways. Okay. Uh, with significantly disproportional effects on certain communities, let's say. Right. And so it was found by the Supreme Court to be cruel and unusual unless those states could fix the way they applied the death penalty. As in and, literally the method of execution. Because yeah. I, I, was it Alabama? It was teaspoon. Yeah. And that was horrendous because it took Well, ages. Gary, first one back. Oh. Firing squad. Oof. Although France was still using the guillotine until, what, 1982? Seriously? Yeah, something like that. By the late 70s or early 80s, France still had the guillotine. <laughs> well, it works out. It's so efficient. Yes. <laughs> you know. Is that where all those sort of 1980s magicians got those prop ones? <laughs> you know, doing the carrots and the... David Copperfield was really in luck that day. Yeah, yeah, he got a job lot. <laughs> guillotines, get your guillotines, two pound a pound. <laughs> Happy death day, oh, death day to Carlo Mann the first. Carlo Mann uh, is the younger brother of Charlemagne, and I think their parents didn't think that through well enough. Carlo Mann, Carlo Mann, and Charlemagne. Come on, Simon exists. It's right there. Did yeah. you see that? Stephen. <laughs> also, happy death day to Cardinal Richelieu, who I found out isn't an Afghan hound, despite what Dog Tanyan and the Musket Hounds might have led me to believe. <laughs> why you were watching the Musker Hounds <laughs> yeah, earlier. I, I got to find out which breed of dog Cardinal Richelieu was. Oh, wow. I'm not sure it ever says, but it looks like an Afghan. Do you think that's what got you into history? Mm. 
the monster just, house. It was just the dogs. Also, happy death day to Griff Rhys-Jones. But not that one. Good heavens. The other Griff Rhys-Jones, who was a conductor of the South Wales Choral Union, who won the best choir in the country twice in the late 19th century. So See? happy death day to that Griff Rhys-Jones. Knew... And happy still being alive day to the real Griff Rhys-Jones. I knew there'd be a talented one. <laughs> Round two might tend to go first, doesn't it? Round two will go first, yes. And uh, happy birthday, actually, uh, in Mm. 1843, December the 4th, to Manila paper. Ooh. Which was invented... Well, no, not invented. It was patented in Massachusetts. Not Manila. On this day. No. Do you know what Manila paper was made of? Nope. Boat. What? Boat parts, basically. It was made from sails, canvas and rope. Oh, really? And... Uh, it was made from Manila hemp, uh, mm. grown in the Philippines, hence the association with Manila, which is the capital, yeah. of course. Um, abaca uh, fibres, well, they're very, very strong. Nowadays used for things like posh tea bag tissue. Oh, nice. um, it's very expensive. Manila fibres, nowadays mm. it's, it's just wood pulp. Manila stuff now. They don't necessarily wreck <laughs> historic boats just to make some rubbishy envelope oh, I'm sorry, for your tax got, return. He's got to print off an invoice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I said cutty sock or no cutty sock. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's, that's called Manila with two L's as a sort ah, of, there's okay. a sort of distinctiony thing that you can do there. Um, but true... Man- Difficult to do on the radio. Manila. Manila. Uh, Manila. Well, no, Manila. Right. Uh, hemp folders would be much tougher and much longer lasting. Mm. Um, so if you wanted to do that trick like Steve Jobs did with the uh, uh, MacBook Air, oh yeah, <laughs> it would just use bonk. use a one L Manila. Oh really? Yeah, the two L's not not so good. Not so good. <sighs> there you are. That's good. That's exciting. <laughs> I have the fourth of December, seventeen forty-five, when. Bonnie Prince Charlie gets to Derby. Okay. Bonnie Prince Charlie was the grandson of James II, who we've discussed before, running away when William of Orange arrived to say, you're a rubbish king. (laughs) And so he ran off. Just couldn't handle a diss. (laughs) Yeah, James II (laughs) of England and 7th of Scotland legged it. Right. Um, But it meant that his son was the old pretender. It was James Stuart... And his son was Bonnie Prince Charlie. So they... Can I just... Because people listening to this... Mm aren't going to realise that all you are doing is just looking up and skyward to recall all of this from your mind. Well... It's amazing. That's why it's all wrong. That's why we have to do an <laughs> error section every month. <laughs> I'm flabbergasted. Carry on. So, um, Bonnie Prince Charlie wanted to reclaim the throne of Scotland, at least, for his father. Um, and so he raised... It's like the X Factor. Yeah. I'm drawing it for me, Dad. <laughs> He's been very ill. Yeah. It, yeah, things have been quite hard lately, and I'm going to try and reclaim the throne of England from it. I see your true colours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, most of the English army was over in Europe campaigning, and so they were told, well, the English army isn't there. Oh. And if you go down, the French will definitely turn up and help you because the French hate the English. They're right. And so... Was it a kind of, yeah, no, definitely, like what I yes. say when people say, will you come down to the pub tonight? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it was trusting the French to go out of their way to help someone. It was, as plans go, not perhaps the best thought through. And anyway, they marched south going, right, here we go, all the way down to Derby. And then they realised, no one's, no one's coming. coming. <laughs> no one's coming to help us. Um, and so they turned around and walked back. 
Wow. And that was as far south as Bonnie Prince Charlie got in 1745. Amazing. Well, you've won that one as well. Thank you very much. 4-2, that takes the score to... Score 2-4-2. Oh, nice. I'm just slightly worried because I can see a note in your book that says, Sunday's forfeit, wall him in. <laughs> They'll fly by, mate. Uh, as has this podcast. Thank you very much indeed for listening. Why not subscribe and share and join us tomorrow for another date fight? Oh, that would be brilliant. Please do that. Please do that.